writing is sort of my that's my medium um I, I think i'm a better writer than i was um uh, when i when i started which you know to me means uh f fewer words <laughs> frankly uh and you know and the right words when i can find them that's the hard part um but uh but i also want to you know impart a little bit of you know not just the information but the but the sensation of it the you know the sort of uh the sense of it, the poetry of it, that as I experienced through Falcon, which, you know, I, I'm not alone in, in just sort of, again, unapologetically loving the sport. I just I love, I love every aspect of it. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back for another week of the Falcon Retold podcast, brought to you in part by the makers of the most carefully engineered and reliable tracking system available, being Marshall Radio. If you want to find out more about Marshall's amazing radio telemetry products, head to marshallradio.com and also by the Falconry Fund. And the Falconry Fund is a new nonprofit organization dedicated to support and protect the various arts and practices of falconry and the cultural and environmental assets that make it possible. The Falconry Fund seeks to become a vital and effective nonprofit charitable organization based in the United States to serve falconers on the North American continent and elsewhere so that this art and practice may be pursued without undue restriction and free from current or potential threats by incompatible human activity. For more information and to donate, head to falconryfund.org. And we're also brought to you in part by North Gen Raptors, and they want you to know that whether you prefer those super fast, hot off the glove, pursuit style flights that Goshawks offer, or those dive bombing stoops that Falcons offer, they have your falconry bird needs covered. They've collected several different genetic lines with strong genetic diversity. So if you would like to put a deposit down on a bird, just hit them up at info at northgenfalcons.com or just go to their website at northgenfalcons.com and find out more information on their breeding project. They'll be happy to hear from you. And I also wanted to take this opportunity on behalf of the Colsons again to remind everyone about the Baywing Database, which is the International Registry for Harris Hawks. It's modeled on registries for breeds of horses and dogs, and this repository for hawk pedigrees documents and legitimizes the Harris Hawk captive breeding program and preserves our falconry heritage. Every falconer and breeder working with Harris Hawks can participate. So if you want to discover your Harris Hawks ancestry or register it today, just head to baywingdatabase.com. And on this week's episode, I was really excited to be able to hang out with uh, my buddy Matt Mullinex again and discuss different topics, including his new book, uh, Four Falconry Fundamentals. So let's just jump right in. Here we go. All right, yeah, we're uh, we're doing our our best Ron Burgundy here in uh, <laughs> in the Colson household, <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, you know, Matt Mullinex came down and and uh, is hanging out with us this afternoon, and uh, figured it'd be another good opportunity to go ahead and play catch up since it was oh geez, almost actually. You know, I thought about this earlier today. It's about two years ago. Yeah. Almost to the day. I mean, like, it, I mean, it was probably right around this time yep. that we did the yep. the last episode. A long two years. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, in the time frame um, of the podcast's existence so far, you're actually, I believe, the only the second person that's done a repeat episode so mm. far, and uh, we're over 50 episodes in at this Man. point yeah that's yeah. amazing that's yeah. amazing it's really been fun to see that see it take off yeah yeah i mean it was uh episode i believe seven is the one you were mm -hmm. initially there and now we're uh like i said i mean we're we're episode you know 50 51 52 yeah. you know getting getting up there but yeah i mean like uh, overall uh it looks like you've been a uh, kind of a, a busy man this last year uh well i uh it's it's been a, a tough year for everybody uh just you know for um the sake of the future listeners uh <laughs> we're, we're coming to the end of uh of of the covid pandemic or or you know at least the beginning of the end um and uh and like everybody else um you know i went through uh losing jobs and picking up new jobs and um uh, and uh, lockdowns and uh, you know a lot of walking and 
not a lot of going to restaurants and, uh, you know, just a total, uh, sort of lifestyle change. And, um, and, uh, and I took that about as far as I, as I could go in the, in the last couple of years, you know, li- literally and, and, and metaphorically too, I think, um, I, I think of it as my, uh, as my, my COVID pivot and, um, maybe time to pivot back. I, I, I don't know, but, uh, but <laughs> it's been a fun year. It's been a fun year. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you, um, at least you like, at least, I don't know, some majority of our population anyway, has, uh, been able to make the most of, of the otherwise just completely crappy situation, of course, that, right. you know, we were all faced with, um, and it definitely turned my last year upside down along with a lot of other people's, of course. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it, I had to alter a lot of plans, um, you know, personally. And, and I mean, if, if nothing else, I mean, you know, some people are able to, you know, kind of go with the flow, sometimes rise above a little bit, you know, sometimes release books and, <laughs> um, you know, buy campers and, and the whole nine yards and, and just decide that, uh, you know, the hell with it. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and make the most of otherwise yeah. crappy situations. And uh, well, it, it, you know, and uh, it shouldn't be lost on anybody that uh, that being able to do the things that that I was able to do this last year is a is a blessing. And uh, you know, n- not being an essential worker, uh, <laughs> you know, for the first time in your life is a blessing. And um, and so, you know, feel for everybody who uh, whose life's changed for the worst. I, I really cannot say that mine has. Uh, but, you know, so like you say, so I, I took the opportunity to uh, to put the wheels in motion on something that we had talked about that, you know, two years ago at, mm-hmm. the, at the end of our conversation. Yeah. You know, what was yeah. was there was there, you know, something else that you wanted to write about and think about? And um, and, uh, and and there was and having listened to the podcast from before we we got it pretty close to <laughs> well, yeah I, I must have thought about it uh more than i than i thought i was yeah but um the little birdie was right there was uh there was something else in, in the works there was know? something in the hopper <laughs> so uh so when we uh you know my office closed and and i i just stayed on the office uh, by myself and uh for a while and um and uh and just gave me a lot of time to sit down and start start writing it um so what uh, you know what we ended up with was uh was uh, this uh very very slender uh volume uh called uh, four falconry fundamentals and um self published it through uh amazon um kindle direct publishing is what is what they call it and um i had a good friend who is a professional uh book designer and uh got her to do the layout for me so we you know made it look nice and uh, the interior uh, of the book is really just, um, you know, m- my feeling about what's the absolute minimum that you need to, to be successful in falconry. And it's amazing that you would have to think about it that way because uh, falconry is just, you know, sort of naturally complex uh, endeavor. It just, it just, you know, spins off and spools away with you know you can go down any rabbit hole you know literally and 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 and, and, and figuratively uh but at the end of the day no matter what type of falconry you're practicing it's 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 got some basics and uh and those basics you know w- would have been important to me to learn and and while they're you know basic to most falconers who read the book um i think people can appreciate you yeah that's you know you need, you need to have that um so uh so i wanted to write those down and uh and have a you know, copy available for people who, who call about, you know, about kestrels or, um, uh, you know, or about uh, some other aspect of falconry that, that I might know something about. Uh, this kind of gives us a, a common language to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, whenever you sent it to me, uh, gosh, it was probably what last, I think it was last maybe June or something like that, somewhere in that time frame. Um, you know, I read it one night, you know, and it's kind of a little slow at work and, and, um, you know, what, what kind of stuck out to me about the book was, you know, that it was, it was pretty concise and pretty, you know, clear cut. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, I guess you could call extra fat was basically mm-hmm. just completely trimmed off. So you had, you know, just 42 or whatever pages of, of prime rib that were just, you know, it's the thin layer of prime rib there that was just, uh, easy to digest for whoever wanted to read it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, 
you know, the people that are going to benefit most from the book are, are for sure going to be your apprentices, you know, your novices, you know, someone who's not been in the sport for very long, but also people that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're just either in a slump or, I don't know, it could be any circumstance, but someone that can find themselves just in need of of just a reminder mm-hmm. of, you know, how, you know, it's it's not so much that everything can, I don't know, kind of get so convoluted or or whatever with uh, with the practice of all this, but sometimes people just need to be reminded that, you know, once you strip everything away, it really is, you know, a, a few basic concepts, right? You know, right. so right. I thought in that way it was it was pretty, you know, it was pretty good, you know, it was, it was a good refresher, you know, just to re- to be reminded that, you know, sometimes you can overthink things. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, I mean, we do that. I think as a, you know, as as falconers, we. Um, we we like the complexity on, on one level. I mean, that's part of the attraction of the sport is that it's so diverse and there's, mm-hmm. you know, so many little avenues you can explore and, um, and, and you sort of develop these expertises in, in, you know, various aspects of, of the sport and, um, and, and you can lose sight. And I know I have, you know, myself from, you know, what's, what sort of ties the whole sport together. What, you know, what, what, what's basic to hawking off the fist with a golden eagle. It's also basic to, Catching a starling out the window with a you know with a kestrel or um, or, or catching a duck off a pond with a, with a peregrine, um, it, you know in my view there's there's no falconry so uh, so different that it you know that it escapes needing you know the the fundamental considerations, um, which just just to say uh, prey base so you know do you have enough game essentially and and this you know it sort of started with the questions which is the, the same questions i would ask somebody who calls mm-hmm. uh, and and they and they've, they've got a bird that's uh, you know that's not catching uh, game uh, or it's uh, or you know having trouble entering it uh, or they're um, uh, you know just they're just not you know just not connecting the dots on it and uh, and and you you work yourself up into a uh, you know sort of frantic state thinking well I've, i must have you know i must have screwed it up in some way and, and probably you didn't probably you're just missing a piece mm-hmm. and so you know prey base and i ask you know do, do you, what are you hunting do you have enough of it do you do you know that it takes a lot of it uh you know for just about any hawk to catch even one mm-hmm. uh you've got to have so let's talk about that um husbandry uh is there is there a problem with the husbandry and it's not you know, we're going to talk about your mew and see if the angles are all correct and if it's, you know, the right number of inches tall or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and like I, like I, I say, it's, uh, you know, the flanges on the Jess, it's never the width of the flange on the Jess that keeps you from catching a rabbit. You know, that's, <laughs> that is not, that is not a crucial, you know, part. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the feet, you know, it's the feathers, it's the food, um, and, uh, and the furniture, uh, essentially, if you've got those, you know, four down and we talk about that a little bit, um, then, then you've got your husbandry taken care of. And, and, and one problem with any of those can keep you from catching game. So, mm-hmm. um, after that you, you get recall, uh, which, you know, f- from my perspective means, um, not only can you get the, the hawk back, but can you, can you put it where it needs to be? Does it, does it understand, you know, the, the purpose of the falconry well enough to know what you're trying to do with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, does it understand the routine? Does it understand what your, your role is? Does it understand what its role is? Um, and so this concept of recall is for me, uh, pretty ex- expansive. Um, but it's, it's a measure of how well, uh, you know, the hawk knows its business and, um, and you know they they start out fresh just like we all start out fresh, but uh, but there are things you can do to sort of clue them in uh, as you as you get going. So that may be a problem. And finally, um, you know when you're tying everything together, this idea of slip management, which is essentially the you know the mechanics of of getting your hawk on the back of some quarry, and uh, and how, how does it go from your fist you know to to balling up something on the ground, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and this is, you know, something that, that Tom Coulson and, and Jennifer Coulson and I have talked about for a long time. And Tom is, in particular, a, you know, a master of this, uh, this sort of mechanical thinking about or, 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 or the physics of, of falconry. I mean, you know, how high is the bird? How fast is the rabbit? How far away is it? How close is it, you know, to cover? Um, I remember, you know, even being 15 or 16 years old and, and going hawking with Tom and and, and, and a bird would, would, would leave the tree and Tom would say, yeah, he's got the angle on it. He's got the angle on it. And, uh, and, 
and 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 you could take that to the bank. Uh, you, you know that, that 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 whatever you know whatever it was that Tom was seeing with the hawk having the angle on it, uh, it was a pretty pretty sure bet that that the rabbit was going to get caught. And and that and that sort of basic concept of um, there is a mechanics to you know sort of physically catching something with with a hawk and. And, and, and that's not infinitely complex. It's, it's about, you know, it's about speed and distance and height, essentially. Um, and there's, uh, you know, advantages. Essentially, you know, falconry is about, uh, is about giving your hawk an advantage uh, right. over the quarry. And, uh, and you can stack up advantages. You know, you can have a, you know, a fast hawk with a close slip and you're, you know, you can, you're exponentially, you know, increasing your chances of catching. Or if you want to, you know, scale it back, you can make it harder uh, for the hawk. And, and some people... Uh, you know, uh, see a good cause to do that, especially, you know, mid-season or later in the season when they've caught as much as they want to, but now they're really after some, you know, some fantastic, you know, flight that would be difficult to achieve in any other way. Um, so so the art of the sport certainly slips into this, you know, uh, kind of meat and potatoes aspect of slip management. But if you're starting out and you want to catch the rabbit, you want to catch a squirrel, you want to catch a starling or a duck or whatever you're you're going after, you have to you have to think of it as a sort of a mechanical process. Mm-hmm. Um, so prey base, husbandry, recall, and slip management. And those are the four fundamentals that, that, that I think of, you know, as, as, as being, you know, essential to falconry. Um, and, uh, you know, within those four, there are a c- couple of things that we think about. And, and between prey base and husbandry, there's the choice of the hawk, right? So, so you know, we, we always start with the hawk first because we're falconers. So we think, oh, I want an Appalamato falcon, or I want, uh, you know, <laughs> or I want a deer falcon, or I want a goshawk, or, and and you, you these you know wonderfully sexy, cool uh, birds. <laughs> um, but the but, but the truth is, you know, while the, having the hawk is is a pleasure in itself, you know, what to do with the hawk is catch game with it. And if you don't have the right kind of game, if you don't have the right kind of habitat, if you don't have enough of it, you know. Um, then uh, you know then it's going to slow you down. So this this idea fitted in between how much game you have and and you know and your and the sort of husbandry that you practice is which kind of hawk you you want. And mm-hmm. similarly uh, between husbandry and recall, uh, there's there's weight management. This concept of of uh, you know what we commonly call weight control. I, I don't think any of us control it as well as we would like to. So I I'm settled on weight management as as the name <laughs> of the concept. But that that obviously. Uh, has a lot to do with uh, with you know with recall and and it's part of your husbandry um, you know moving down the line between recall and slip management is entering is this idea of well how do you you know how do you get a bird that's trained you know the recall is good you, you can get it back when you want it to it knows what it's doing you can you could you know point to a tree and it'll go to the tree you can throw it into a tree it'll go to that right tree you and 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 come back when you when you need it to so you have some control over the bird um, and you now you're thinking about slip management so right in there is entering and entering is its own, you know, little subtopic. So mm-hmm. we talk about that. And then finally, uh, you know, between slip management and prey base where you're actually catching game is how do you measure, uh, your success. And so we, uh, we talk about that as falconers. We argue about it a lot as falconers. <laughs> um, you know, is it, is it the number of, you know, head, is it the height of the stoop? Is it, yeah. um, is it how far you drive in a season? Is it, uh, how how big your your falcon is, uh, you know what is success for you and uh, you know for for me as a as someone who 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 does you know just unapologetically love the hunting aspect that I do want to catch something with the hawk, uh, but catching X number of things to me uh, after you know chasing that rabbit for a long time uh, and trying to um, you know s- stack up as many as as possible. Um, I realize that there's there's other ways to to think about it, and um, and so in the book I, I talk a little bit about uh, what I call uh, an ind- intended quarry, you know, per hunt as a as a as a measure of success, and um, and the way that works is essentially you want to catch one thing every time you hunt on average, um, and this is obviously you know not always possible, and 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 sometimes you know more than possible, but. Um, you know, it's discussed in the in the book. Over the course of a season, if you're approaching, you know, basically a one-to-one, you uh, you know a couple of things. One, you know that your bird catches stuff, uh, and 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 what somebody knows about you is that you intend to catch stuff. Uh, and and I think this is you know compatible with uh, with our definition of the sport. Something we can all agree on is you know hunting wild game with with a trained hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a 
that's a lot. That's almost a whole book right there. Yeah. <laughs> all, you know, yeah. All, all 78 pages. Yeah, I'll be yeah. darned. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's funny how that works. You know, you can come up with these concepts, you know, put them all together and, and uh, lo and behold, you've, you've got a, a short book afterwards. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. It's interesting how that works, you know. But, um. uh, <laughs> well, and, and I think it's also interesting how, you know, if, if, even if you just look at those four topics, you can always think of, you know, at least, I don't know, like a handful of, of stories or a handful of like, you know, different little themes or concepts or, or just little, I don't know, little, little quirks that you've experienced, you know, yourself in, in the learning process of, um, of every, like, you know, we're, you're just talking about, you know, the, the slip management aspect. Mm-hmm. You can, you can always think back to like, um, you know, a story of, you know, you were talking about the whole angle thing, you right, know, it's right. like, oh, he's got the right angle, right approach, you know, and I, you can still think back and remember whenever you were first starting into all this and learning, maybe you weren't even an apprentice yet, but you were, you were just getting out with people in the, in the field and, and experiencing it for yourself. But, you know, just wondering what the hell they were talking about, right, you know, right, like right. you can remember, like just thinking like, what did that mean? And then, you know, whenever the light bulb clicks, it's like, okay, well, that's what that means, right, you know, whatever. Right. Whenever someone actually was, you know, show you an example, you know, as I remember, it's like, you know, there was a, one time I was out in the field and, and saw a, a rabbit running just straight towards, you know, another guy's hawk. And they were just like, oh, this is, this is, this isn't going to, this ain't going to work. You right, know, this right, is not right. gonna, I'm just like, well, why not? It's running right. It's like, it's a head on thing. It's just not yeah. going to, I'm like, well, why, why the hell isn't that going to work? Right, right. And then, you know, right afterwards the hawk dives down and then just totally whiffs. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's how, right. <laughs> you know, exactly, but, right. Uh, exactly right. I mean, can you remember, I mean, it, I know it's been so long ago, but I mean, can you remember certain I mean, other instances of, of those type of things that you know you just yeah. you can share cause... Sure, sure well um so you know just being here at, at tom and jen's place uh i have tom stories uh <laughs> uh and i and i'm a, a short winger you know by by you know preference and passion uh and even if i'm flying something with pointy wings i'm trying to fly it like a hawk essentially so uh so my my perspective is always um you know pr- pretty hands-on and and you know and admittedly you know sort of non-technical um i mean i like the sort of mechanical aspect of it and um and you know being being physically involved and uh and sort of being in you know in the moment as part of the team um w- which is all you know f- for me sort of how you how you approach flying a short wing and um so I, I had this was uh, this was many years ago. I had my one and only imprint Cooper's Hawk, um, and I had uh, had some uh, sort of you know modest success. I had caught some starlings out the window with it, and I had caught uh, uh, you know some uh, some some pigeons uh, at night under under you know warehouse <laughs> roof with yeah. it. I, you know some odds and ends that you know n- none of which was great falconry, but for me you know with the first Cooper's Hawk, I was pretty excited about it. But what I really wanted and had never done, you know, was have that sort of classic short wing flight, you know, you flush the bird off the fist, power it down, you know, put it in a cover and catch it. And something that's, you know, that's very familiar and common to, to many falconers. Uh, that was just the point in my falconry where I just had never, I hadn't even really seen it, frankly, you know, with a short wing, uh, an exhibitor. And um, so, uh, so I drove uh, at, out to Louisiana from, uh, I guess I was in, uh, I was in Florida at the time. And, uh, you know, Tom, uh, you know, offered, said, look, bring, bring your bird out here. We'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a setup. And essentially what he was teaching me was slip management for, for this bird. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we, uh, we went out into the marsh, which is this, you know, wonderful, uh, incredibly rich environment full of, you know, full of birds, rails and blackbirds and, um, and, you know, and, and rabbits and, and sort of all manner of wonderful things. And, um, and, uh, had, had the Cooper's Hawk, uh, watched a bird, uh, get up at our feet and, and, you know, and, you know, I, Hawk didn't go anywhere. Tom sort of, you know, chuckles, understands w- w- what's going on. We mm-hmm. see the bird put in, uh, and, and, and essentially Tom, you know, talks me through it. We, we get upwind of the bird, uh, right next to this, you know, sort of big chest high tussock of grass and, um, and Tom, uh, sort of pantomimes, you know, 
p pulling his arm back and he says like like a baseball you're throwing it like a baseball you know we're going to walk in there we're going to flush it you you know when it gets up you <laughs> you throw it and 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 you could see you know that i could see even the wheels turning in his head he knew how this was going to go mm -hmm. he, the the mechanics were already you know in motion when he was telling me about it it was about uh it was about you know the speed of the slip the direction of the slip uh how you know how much higher i was or my arm was going to be to the bird as it got out of the out of the bush um you know how many feet or yards it had to go before it was either you know free or or, or caught and um and Tom basically just, you know, not only, you know, positioned me in the, physically in the right place, but told me why. He said, well, you, you know, you want to be a little bit upwind here. You want to, you know, the bird, if it, if it gets away, it's going to go to the next tussock. And we want that one to be set up in a way that we could get another, re get another reflush. Uh, anyway, it was, a, it was a crash course in one of the most, you know, important concepts of, of falconry, of practical falconry, which is how do you, you know, how do you catch the thing uh, mm -hmm. with the hawk? <laughs> uh, and sure enough, uh, Tom walked in, flushed the bird, said throw, I threw caught the, you know, Cooper's Hawk just, you know, zipped up off the fist, did a wing over, caught the bird, and, and I just peeked under there in, in all that grass and that crazy little, you know, Cooper's Hawk eye looking at you. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, I'll be damned. Uh, that, that, that worked. And that was, a, you know, that was the first time. Uh, and I, you know, I was so appreciative. I, I'll never forget that story. And um, part of my, you know, the impetus of, 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 of writing this book and writing anything else I write is to try to replicate that for, for somebody else is to like say, let me, if I can break this down to you in some way, let's make it clear enough without actually being there for you. Cause like, you know, not, not all of us, none of us have a Tom Colson or, you know, uh, we, we got our sponsors and, uh, beyond our sponsors, we've got people who we know that are really good. And, um, you know, but by the way, I would recommend every, you know, listener, you know, don't, 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 Put yourself in a box, you know, with one person, uh, that great falconer, he or she may be, you know, boy, expand your horizons and find people, you know, out there to, to help you. Well, sure, because, I mean, you know as well as I do that, I mean, there's there's not very many falconers that are well-versed in every single species. Right, right. I mean, the majority of guys, um, you know, have a lot of experience with a certain couple of species, maybe, or yeah, whatever that may right. be. But, you know, some guys just never had the desire to fly anything else. Some guys just never have been in situations where they've had anybody to show them how to fly anything, else, whatever the circumstance right, may right. be. But very, there's very few falconers that, that have, you know, just that whole gamut of, of variety. I mean, like, right, right. Uh, can't think of very many no, at all. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you can't. And, uh, and, and, and it's really not necessary for anybody to, to, to reach that level of, you know, sort of, you know, total mastery. And I mean, most of us, by the time we've, you know, been in the sport a couple of decades, even, we kind of figure out what kind of falconer we are. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what you like. And, yeah. and, and within what you like, there's, you know, there's two or three hawks that are really good at it. There's, you know, two or three quarries that are really give you the kind of flight you like. And, and you live in a certain place and the certain place is limited to what it can offer you. I mean, mm -hmm. unless you move. So, um, so one of the circumstances where you might want to sort of break down your falconry and, and, and start and build it up again, you know, with these, you know, this, you know, compare it to all the fundamentals and see if I'm meeting it is if I move across country, you know, if I'm, if I'm a squirrel hawker in Alabama and I want to be a jackrabbit hawker in Arizona, you know, I need to, I need to break it down a little bit. I need to figure out, you know, uh, how to rethink this, but along the, you know, the same lines and, and make it work where, where it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and if you're an apprentice in, in Alabama, your sponsor, you know, may not be a jackrabbit hawker, right? Um, and, and may not know much about it. So, uh, but, you know, fortunately, you, you, you know, you'll have met people online or in person and gone out there and seen it for yourself and, uh, and, 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 you know, given you in that situation sort of a, a rubric, a, you know, a, a pattern that you can follow uh, to see if, yeah, you know, I do have enough game. I, I am getting this many flushes per hour and, and I do have a hawk that can, that can ball up a jackrabbit, you know, as opposed to one that, you know, keeps slipping off. It's not the right, you know, it's not the right kind of bird. Or, mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and the, you know, the distances, uh, of the slip, like I figured out, you know, slip management, how, how that works and, um, and, you know, the, and the, and the weight management, what, what it means in this particular context, right. Which mm -hmm. may be different than flying my red tail on squirrels in the woods. Yeah. So, um, at any rate, that uh, you know, trying to translate the sort of in-person, real-life experiences that I've had to you know some sort of format that's that's accessible is is, is always my goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we may have touched on it a little bit, you know, the last time we we talked and and did one of these episodes, but 
I mean, has has the motivation of you know why you've really wanted to you know write books or um, you know continue to to share those in you know a, a written for you know those experiences in, in a written format or or otherwise? I mean, has that changed much? You know, from whenever you started thinking about writing your first book compared to to now, you know, which is obviously several several years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, are the motivations any any different as uh, as you've you know gotten older or you know had a more or less or more experience in the, in the sport or I mean what how's your how's your mentality changed with that if any? Uh, well, I, I would say uh, you know I've always been a writer. Uh, I mean if I if I if I was if I found talking appealing, you know, maybe I would I would be on some sort of talking circuit about it, or or or, or you would see me, you know, at, at the at the at the NAFA meets yeah. or the state meets as a as a keynote speaker on something. I really hate that, and and I <laughs> I've, been, I've been you know I do it more now because I've got I got books to to introduce people to, but um, but it's not a natural format for me. If I was a you know photographer or, or a videographer, I would do videos uh, of it. I mean, I always uh, I, you know appreciate being taught. I want to pass that on. I want to teach. Um, I like, I like the, the thinking about the thing that I enjoyed doing that goes with writing about it or, 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 you know, taking a photograph or, you know, or a video. I mean, you're basically replaying it in your head and you get to enjoy it again. So that, that impetus has, has been the same. Uh, I, I'm a writer. I'm a writer by profession. I write for a living. Uh, writing is sort of my, that's my medium. Um, I, I think I'm a better writer than I was. Um, uh, when I when I started, w- which you know to me means uh, f- fewer words, <laughs> frankly, uh, and you know and the right words when I can find them. That's the hard part. Um, but uh, but I also want to you know impart a little bit of you know not just the information but the but the sensation of it, the you know the sort of uh, the sense of it, the poetry of it that as I experienced through Falconer, which you know I I'm not alone in and just sort of, again, unapologetically loving the sport. I just I love, I love every aspect of it and, and being out there, even on bad days. And, and I've had some in the, in the last, in the, over, the, over the last, this last year in particular, but, uh, you know, they say, well, the worst day in Falcon is better than, you know, than, than your best day doing something you don't love as much. And, um, and that's certainly true. So, um, so I, I think, I think the, the books have gotten better. Each of the books are different. Um, I think they all are are similar in that that's my falconry. It's you know if you if you pick up any of these, I, I can obviously recognize myself in, in all of these, and I can recognize you know Tom and Jen Colson and sort of the culture that I come from, the part of the country I come from, the, the type of falconer that I am. You know basically a, a you know a dirt hawker uh, that sometimes catches birds and um, you know every, everything that that I love is you know is reflected in these in these books and if i if i write a you know another one at, at some point i hope it'll you know it'll be some it'll be some new angle but the same you know this this the same universe uh sure. that, that i'm in so well that's cool you know i mean it's a i mean i writing is a craft just like well i mean podcasting yes. or yeah or videography right. or, or photography just like you mentioned and and it only i guess it, you know it only makes sense that you would get better with it the more you do it, especially over several years. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, the other thing too, and I, I turned 50 this year, um, and it's a little bit cliched, but, um, you don't care as much about <laughs> what people think. There's something about, you know, and that could be at 30 or 40 or 60 oh, or 70, but at some point you, you say, Hey, look, now's the time where I don't, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Uh, you know, frankly, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, my job is to, is to do the best I can do uh, and to and to know what it is that I like and to, mm-hmm. to be genuine and to try to be helpful. But beyond that, I, you know, and that that's helpful as a writer. It's helpful not to be tripping over yourself. Um, and yeah, you have to have that. And no, no matter what medium, whether it be a, as, as a musician, um, yeah, you know, yeah. a, a artist of, of some other kind, you know, a painter, what, whatever the the case is, you eventually have to do things that you like to do for you first Mm -hmm. and you know you have to like what you're doing first you know um and once because i mean if you if you start doing things you know for with just other people's opinion in mind all the time you're going to start hating it real quick yeah yeah at least that's my experience well you'll you know you'll paint yourself into a box too because you really cannot i mean you you can't 
practice your art for somebody else. Right. Um, uh, you know, there's there's the idea of you know, don't you have an audience? Well, you, you do have an audience, and, and any kind of artist, you know, I think uh, beyond expressing herself, she wants to have you know s- someone to see it or hear it or mm-hmm. or feel it, and and that's natural. And I, and I feel the same way. I, I, I want people to read this stuff, mm-hmm. but. Um, but I don't want to paint myself into a box. I, I you know, I, I can't, I can't know what everybody's going to like. You know, I can't know what everybody's going to approve of. I can't know what everybody's going to think is silly. Uh, you know, or overwrought. Uh, and and now, thank God, I don't care. <laughs> so, uh, you know, at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope to get to be a, a better writer and a better falconer. But, um, but I feel you know confident enough in 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 both to share. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of sharing, I mean, you, you touched on, you know, some of the, I mean, I think it's always good to, to kind of remind people some of, you know, some of the, the highs and, and lows. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 you kind of touched there uh, briefly about, you know, kind of having a lot of lows, particularly this, this past. So what, what, what all went on this past season for those who yeah. might not follow you or, you know, um, are, are friends with you on Facebook or whatever the you know, the instance may be. Yeah. But, uh, um, well, I'm an oversharer on social media, so, <laughs> uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, th- so, so this year, uh, in, in addition to, um, to turning 50 and, and, you know, facing with everybody else, uh, you know, the pandemic, and uh, this was also the year that uh, my, my kids turned 20. Um, they uh, they've left the house. They're sophomores in college. They... Um, you know, we're, we're like suddenly empty nesters and, mm-hmm. um, and it just funny, uh, not to, you know, not to say, you know, cast any aspersions on my wife, but when my kids were born, the, the indoor Hawks, you know, became outdoor Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a rule and that was, and that was fine. And I, I understood it and, and, um, uh, and that's what we did. So that, you know, opened the door to, you know, male Harris Hawks, which I have enjoyed for the last 20 years exclusively, um, you know, flying, flying small birds, mostly with those guys, but primarily because they can be kept outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, little Hawks of Kestrels and Merlins, et cetera. Um, you, you know, my view, best indoor birds and, sure. uh, easier to manage that way. And, um, and so at this point, uh, you know, I'm, I wanted to get back into small birds and it, it coincided also you know, not, um, uh, not fortunately, uh, because, uh, because it, it, it meant that, you know, the timing was good, not just because I had, you know, spare bedrooms now, but also because my, my hunting fields have just, just in the last 20 years evaporated. Mm-hmm. So all of the places that, that I wrote about say in, in season and was worried, wor- you know, worried even then when my kids were three, oh, this place is going to be gone and this place is going to be gone and, mm-hmm. and being, mo- you know, moved to like, even, you know, write them down this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot, this spot. And just watch them all vanish. Well, you know, 20 years later, they're gone. So, uh, you know, Baton Rouge has, has, has gone on a, just a fundamental change uh, after Hurricane Katrina, you know, basically, you know, vacated New Orleans and uh, Baton Rouge became the largest city in the state. It, uh, it Every square inch of it has, has got condos on it now. And, um, it, it's essentially, you know, changed. And uh, and even the, the very, you know, sort of pedestrian type of falconry that I do, which shouldn't require a lot of space and shouldn't require a lot of wilderness, requires more space and wilderness than I now have. And, um, and so in addition to having the opportunity to, to get small hawks, I also, it was necessary because, mm-hmm. um, you know, back to the, the fundamentals, what, what, what's my prey base now? My prey base is, is not, you know, rails, it's not, you know, migratory birds that, that, um, that, that come into fields, you know, cause I don't have the fields anymore. I don't. So, uh, and rabbits, you know, yeah, you, you, it's difficult. It's very difficult now to, to, to find good rabbit spots within, you know, within an hour of Baton Rouge. So, um, so I had really two choices. I, I, I've got starlings and sparrows. I've got gray squirrels and, uh, and, you know, thought, thought a lot about getting another red tail and, and flying gray squirrels, uh, which my you know, apprentices in the last few years have done and, and just, you know, sort of reacquainted me with that fantastic type of hawking. Uh, but for me, I, you know, I like small birds. I, I like catching birds. And, um, and so I knew it was going to be, you know, it's going to be small hawks again. So, um, so that's what I've done. Well, you know, to get to the, the bad part, uh, small hawks are smaller than big hawks. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's not just like it's a scaled down version. It's actually in a different place on the food chain. 
So, you know, a Kestrel or a Merlin is, is not just a, you know, a, a small, uh, you know, prairie falcon or peregrine or, 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 or Harris hawk. It's, it's food for, you know, a barred owl or a Cooper's hawk, a red-tailed hawk. And, um, and so I, I rediscovered that sort of, you know, existential terror of flying a small hawk again. Um, had, uh, had a, a Merlin that, that I went and, uh, and, and trapped in Florida with my, my friend Eric Edwards and, um, I think you, you did an episode, sure. uh, yeah, yeah, from from the Merlin trapping blind. Yeah, Eric's a good dude. Yeah, um, talked to him in a while. Need to need to holler at him. Need to, yeah, soon. need to catch back up. Uh, <laughs> so so it was his, uh, you know, blind, and we we call it the blind, sort of tongue in cheek. It's a you know, it's a wonderful house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. Uh, so you're you know drinking your uh, your your rum and coke while you're trapping Merlin. Yeah, he's he's got the formula down. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, so I took one of those birds and uh, brought it home, and my you know Merlin experience is is, is pretty thin. I've, I've had a couple before, and. Uh, and and uh, lost one and released one, um, you know. So no no records broken, uh, but it's a part of falcon. I really love it. I, I've got you know friends that are great Merlin falconers. Eric being one of them, uh, Spence Wise, uh, Joel Volpe, uh, Jim Ince. These are all like classic. You know these guys are great Merlin hawkers, and um, and so I admire this and I love to see it. And I've you know been watching it with them for a long time, and I'd love to replicate it. And I do have some spots that. You know, while they're not good, you know, for other types of falconry, uh, the short winging that I like, uh, they are actually pretty good for Merlins, as, as my friends who come through Baton Rouge and say, oh, yeah, that, that's a good field. Let's, let's, can we hunt that field again? <laughs> uh, and that field, you know, is still there. It's, it's you know, it's not, uh, it doesn't look the same. It's, you know, it's soybeans now. It's, you know, but for a Merlin, it's, it's still good. So, at any rate, uh, Merlin's on the menu now and, uh, and it, for something that I would like to fly. But on the fourth hunt of this bird, uh, she made it to the tree line and didn't make it any further with the, with the barred owl that, uh, that, that got her that night. And, um, and so, you know, part of the problem of being an oversharer on social media is that you, you get to, you know, share all these beautiful pictures of your bird in training and, uh, and, you know, and, uh, and sort of, you know, uh, express your hopes and, and dreams for the bird. And then, well, you know, bird gets eaten. So you, yeah. so, so you got to figure out some way to share that too, because that's part of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we did that and, and then, uh, you know, followed up with a kestrel that, uh, that, that, you know, was trained and, and, and caught one bird and, uh, and caught by a Cooper's hawk, you know, two days later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so these are the sort of, you know, reintroductory experiences of the small hawks <laughs> that have really, uh, you know, sort of reopened my eyes to yeah. them. Um, but I've got another Kestrel now, and she's you know she's doing great and uh, and catching birds and um, and is everything that you know that that I remembered I enjoyed of, of having a small hawk. But uh, looking over my shoulder all all the time in a way I never you know I never did with the with the bigger hawks. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean uh, the two birds that you that you lost. I mean that was what only a couple months apart. Yeah. 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 I, I remember it was pretty close together. Yeah. But... So it was a one two. It was a one two punch. And you. Yeah. Uh, you know, every falconer. It's been a while. If you, you fly, you know, male Harris hawks on on birds, it's a very safe kind of falconry. I mean, they're really it's it's close range. The hawk is basically you know giving itself no trouble, you know, in doing what it does, and um, and uh, so you can pretty much do it indefinitely without having any mishap. And and, and I pretty much did. Sure. Um, so you you basically just enjoy the hunt, and you don't have to think about all the other things. And mm-hmm. um, but uh but i remembered pretty quickly you know that <laughs> when you're flying small hawks there are two or three more things to think about yeah just two yeah. or three yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> and and while you know sort of kestrels on strongs i said you sort of you know uh almost ridiculously easy kind of falconry in, in some ways the fact that the platform that you're using is very difficult i mean it's you know it's a tiny hawk um mm-hmm. and with all that in, in entails and implies so yeah. um so at any rate, uh, those were learning experiences. I, one of the things that's nice about that is that you rediscover how much you love falconry, and you rediscover that the, even the worst day um, won't crush it out of you. It just won't. It just yeah. You just get up, and you're already, you know, like you, you try to figure out, what, what did I do wrong? I try not to do that again. Yeah. What, what, you know, back it up a little bit, figure out, you know, uh, is my field big enough? Am I really... You know, take myself back to the fundamentals. You know, do, do am I hunting the right kind of quarry? Is there, you know, what could I do to sort of control the situation a little bit better? Um, and 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 short of that, you know, could I gotten there faster? Could I have done something, you know, more myself to to prevent it? And um, 
And when you realize that you really you can't, you've, you've done everything you can do, well, you're either going to get out of it or you're going to get back into it. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've found that just in the, in the still relatively short time that I've been doing all this is that, you know, it's, it's almost, it's almost point. It's kind of like, you know, um, <laughs> like going through a breakup or something like yeah. you got to give yourself X amount of time right. to like get over it, right. you know? Right. And once you reach that, that point in time, you have to stop thinking about it because I mean, you, you, you have to analyze, you know, things from different angles to see if you could learn something from the experience that yeah. you can, you always, you know, have and take with you. But ultimately after that, you got it, you got to stop because ultimately the, the end result is still the same. Yeah. That bird is, is gone. Right. And it's gone forever. You're never right. getting it back. Yeah. Um, but it, at the same time, you know, you just, you, you, yeah. I mean, you're either going to get back on the horse or you're not, you're either going to take a break or you're not, right. you're, you're, you know, whatever the case may be, but yeah, I mean, I I feel your pain though. I mean, it was it was kind of a rough you know season for me as well. With uh, you know, I had a red tail that I took out to Montana with me, and then you know one of the first free flights I I uh, did with it, it caught some wind and took off from Mexico and you know whatever, and it probably <laughs> yep. actually did me a favor. I, I I took you know the extra equipment off of it just in case that uh, you know aside from the anklets, just in case it right. you know decided to do that. And uh, you know, like I said at the time I was getting ready to transition to going to a, a different assignment anyway because the one I was at wasn't working out. So it probably did me a favor. He's eating rats somewhere, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, wherever he is now. But uh, And then, you know, I, I, I got that, that other Merlin um, and, uh, you know, same kind of deal. It's almost the exact same scenario, you know. Yep. She uh, decided to go for a little bit of a, of a joy ride. I mean, after, you know, it, it's funny how you can, you can have, you know, um, you can routine, you know, drill routine into them, mm -hmm, you know, and, mm -hmm. and do this, you know, the same type of training, whatever. Right, right. And they'll, they'll just do something quirky that one day and, yep. and, you know, decide to catch some wind, take off or whatever. And then for whatever reason they decide, you know, I'm not going to come back to, I'm not going to come back down to the lure today. Right. You know, right. Leave them out. And the next thing you know, you, you go back to the site then the next morning and, and all you see is a, is a harness and a transmitter, yeah. <laughs> you know, fully yeah. intact harness right. and transmitter, right. you know, no, I, I know, I know what that yeah. looks like. Yep. 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 <laughs> so I know what it looks like. So it's kind of funny It's a kind of a eerily similar ex experiences this, yeah. this season. But, uh, but I mean, as far as everything else goes though, I mean, it's, I'm glad that it's been, uh, you know, productive for you and in, in the other avenues. I mean, you've, you've done, uh, <laughs> you've been about as many places, uh, this yeah. year, this past year as, as I have, it looked like. So, yep. Yep. you know, but, um, uh, well, that was, uh, you know, that was the, the, the other, uh, sort of great, uh, and very different, uh, aspect of this falconry season for me, um, was, it was the travel. So, uh, you know, and, and I attribute this to, all the same reasons, you know, to, to turn in 50, having some sort of, you know, midlife, like, you know, crisis <laughs> of the most, you know, of the most cliched, uh, type. And, um, and so I, I bought a, a, a camper trailer, a little mm -hmm. teardrop trailer. And, um, and I had a book to promote and I had some places I wanted to see and some friends I hadn't seen in a while. And, um, and so, uh, so the first trip was 5,000 miles and, uh, you know, just stopped anywhere anybody would let me stop. Uh, if, if they had any interest in a book, if I could talk them into a book, I would stop to get the photograph of them and, you know, and give them a book. And, uh, and we just had a, just a fantastic time, uh, brought, a, uh, the, the Harris Hawk before I put him up for breeding, uh, brought him with me and was able to, you know, to, to, to hunt along the way and, uh, and see some, some great friends. Those, you know, those photos are going to be the treasures for me, you know, for the rest of my life. There's no question. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and learning that you can. You know, you can practice falconry on the road, you know, giving yourself a certain, you know, sort of level of comfort um, uh, with the, you know, with the camper trailer and um, and and just kind of you know, sort of reinventing yourself as a, you know, as an, as an adventurer uh, when, you know, you've been cooped up in your house with, you know, with COVID lockdown for months. <laughs> and um, so that's been fun. And, and I uh, so f followed that up with a. Uh, a, a great trip to Arkansas to, to watch those guys uh, hunt snipe. Uh, just spectacularly uh, beautiful and, and precise falconry. Really super impressive, uh, those, those guys in, in the Arkansas club. Um, 
and uh, and then uh, down to Texas to uh, to to watch them uh, hunt squirrels um, with the uh, with the bushy tail bash of the, <laughs> the Texas hawkers and um, and it, you know it, it just reminded me that uh, falconry, if anything, has gotten more diverse and more robust in its diversity. You know, like squirrel hawking always used to be a thing, uh, and we did it in high school and and. Um, we all felt like we were rebels, uh, but now it's its own, you know, sort of recognized subsport, and you can have a whole, you know, mini meet about it, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, and uh, you know, it's just wonderful to see all of the little branches of, of falconry. Um, so this, you know, the, at, at the end of uh, of this month, the beginning of the next month, I'm going to go and and uh, and hunt starlings with a friend of mine and in North Texas and we've got a couple other kestrels, uh, coming along and we're going to have a, you know, kestrel <laughs> for, for yeah, now. Yeah. Right. Star- <laughs> Starling camp. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. So we're all taking short slips and trying to keep the Cooper socks away until then, at least, um, you know, uh, tell, tell everybody, look, you know, run to your bird, run yeah. to the, run to yeah, the bird. The, you can only have, you can only catch one head of game yes. leading up to that every day just to minimize, you minimize know, minimize exposure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to minimize exposure. Oh, uh, man. so we've got some ammunition when we get up there. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, we, we try to, you know, organizing that usually, you know, you, you can, you can organize, start organizing, uh, plans for, uh, some kind of, uh, micro mini meet, you yeah. know, in, 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 uh, late January, early February. And by, you know, mid March, you know, the, the number of prospective people have, right, have right. like dropped to a half or a quarter of, right. <laughs> of what the original number was. It's just unfortunate. But. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely a, an attrition from, from, you know, <laughs> from several reasons, but, um, but yeah, I, the concept is, 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 is great. I mean, you know, falconry being so diverse and people being so, you know, like Merlin guys have always been Merlin guys as long as I've been in the sport and, 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 you know, and back through, you know, uh, E.B. Mitchell and, uh, and and further and further back. It seems like Merlin guys uh, and gals have always been Merlin guys and gals. Um, their own you know, little sort of self-recognized subset of falconry. And um, and and to a somewhat a lesser extent, uh, the, you know, the other birds are more generalized. And, and you could, you know, fly several. But now it seems to me that this idea that you can, you know, specialize in something and sort of be proud of that and, and have a little through 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 uh, the Internet, probably, and through, you know, people writing books and it being a lot easier now to write books and and, and just more content being available, YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. You can you can find your tribe, right, of the people who like what you like in falconry and create a little, you know, subgroup. Um, and I think I think that's great, frankly. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Really stoked that you've you've put out something else for for people to you know appreciate, enjoy, uh, potentially mock. Uh, <laughs> you know, bring, what, bring, what? I'm 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 amazingly approachable and uh, easy to reach to mock. So uh, yeah. well, I mean, it's it's been good catching up, and um, you know, this is probably as good a place as any just to go ahead and uh, you know uh, call it good for a bit and go uh, go hang out and uh, enjoy some uh, some cold frosty beverages potentially I, yeah. I don't know you know find something find, find something. something to get into i mean maybe new orleans still has that i, I don't know <laughs> hoping so all right yeah. well it's it's been great seeing you and i'm glad that we could uh we could arrange to get together today. yeah so. thank you so much it's great to talk to you too all right and that wraps another episode of the falconry told podcast appreciate you all tuning in as always and uh, if you want to check out matt's new book uh, for falconry fundamentals you can get it at amazon And if you haven't and want to get his prior books, American Kestrels and Modern Falconry, which I highly recommend, and In Season, both are available at westernsporting.com. And as always, take care and look forward to catching you all next time around. Peace out. Thanks, guys.